Ash may have forgotten the N word, but we all know the S and S smart stands for spooky. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Spooky Spores is back. Let's go. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fourth year of Spooky Spoilers and the third consecutive year of Evil Dead Spoilers. My name is Pappy. I'm your host tonight. We're coming from Louisville, Colorado, and we're here to spoil Medieval Dead, a.k.a. the Army of Darkness. Um, the pod has grown a lot in the past year, so if this is your first Spooky Spoilers every October, me and my co-host pick our favorite spooky movies <laughs> and talk about them. But <laughs> Speaking of my co-host, co-host, let's have the guys uh, introduce themselves. All right. I want you to say who you are. Where are you recording from? And I want an honest answer. I don't want you to try and be funny. It's a two-parter. Do you believe in ghosts? And have you had an experience with ghosts? Uh, let's start with our most recent host. That would be from American Movie, Brett. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well, man. Um, this is Brett uh, from Fort Wayne. Uh, unfortunately for your first question, it is a yes. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, ghosts, ghosts used to be real, but they're not anymore. Um, <laughs> you remember? God, old school. Bring it back. Um, and two, no, I have not specifically. I don't believe, but my brother has. So, hmm. well, do, can you share that story at all? Like, what did you see? That's just maybe that's like a. I don't know if that's a one for now. Oh, all right. Well, let's it was go. pretty benevolent, though. A nice lady. ghost? A friendly ghost? Well, she wasn't nice. She was, she was trying Casper? to be like a... Ma- oh, a, a she. <laughs> oh, a she ghost. The landlord's, the landlord's mom died in the house. And she was kind of like trying to be there, trying to make them good young men by like ripping down the posters of their the hot chicks on the wall and um, and stuff like that. Are Beating we still them talking about ghosts? What? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't his. The landlord's actual mom head. wasn't ripping their poster down. She was dead. Hi, Brian. Well, I hope I got that somewhat right. It's a lot more than that, but I'm just gonna leave it at that. That did not disappoint. Well, speaking of benevolent ghosts, probably the most benevolent creature to ever raise from the dead was Jesus, and the Christ-like character of this pod <laughs> is Josh, who last hosted <laughs> on King Kong versus Godzilla. Josh, tell us where you're recording from, and if you have any spooky ghost stories. Jesus is not spooky, but... I didn't say he was. I should be the host of this pod, but for the worst uh, mm. fixing incident since Don't Muhammad Ali and Sonny up. Liston in 64. The <laughs> Anyway, uh, I have never had a ghost experience, but I think there might be something like ghosts that do exist. I think we probably have them all wrong and like media and ways that we like draw about them but I, th- I think there's something like that so but but Josh what is your irrational fear like all the long brothers have the most irrational phobias mm-hmm. known to mankind that's one what of mine. is your irrational phobia Listen, I like to rival up against Jordan a lot but his <laughs> his irrational fear of aliens like aliens probably exist Stevie like I don't want to go full Tom DeLong here but like yeah, think about nice. how many planets there are out there like I think aliens. I'm not are saying pretty they're not freaky. existing, but like to have a fear of it is just strange. Josh is also afraid of aliens. It sounds like. Have you ever yeah, looked into the beady black eye of an alien? It's freaking horrible. <laughs> What's in there? Why is it all black? 
Uh, easy there, Dan Aykroyd. But uh, jumping in there, we heard the voice of Money Mikey Tor, who last hosted on the First Blood episode. Mikey, we got a ton of good feedback uh, from a lot of different people on that episode. Uh, great job, but have you seen a ghost before? Um, I don't think I've ever had any weird paranormal experience before but uh I, I don't know i mean who who am i to say if ghosts are real or not i i haven't experienced <laughs> anything but uh i so know do you, do you or not believe in them um ghost agnostic it sounds like uh <laughs> i mean it, it i think it would be cool if it was real but no. as far as i can tell right now there's no such thing as ghosts but i would be pleasantly surprised <laughs> I love how it doesn't have anything to do with, like, it'd be proof of an afterlife. It'd just, it just be sort of cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it'd be sick, man. <laughs> the word's still out on science, all right? Yeah. <laughs> well, what you do all day, man? <laughs> you're just voice there talking about science. Stevie, uh, you're man on the schneid. You last hosted Vision Quest. Uh, it was that long ago? It's oh. been a while. You're not usually on the schneid. But do you believe in ghosts, and do you have any XP with ghosts? Well, I mean, sure I believe in ghosts. I mean, I'm sure there are sometimes you hear a bang in your house. It's just considered, I mean, maybe like a uh, piece of wood breaking or, you know, just pressures <laughs> in your house going off. Who knows? But um, I really haven't had any experience with ghosts, but I did terrify my now wife in college, where to the point where she didn't go to sleep from like 11 at night to like 7 in the morning. Um, long story short, she was having a nightmare, and she like shook me awake to tell me about the nightmare, and I don't remember any of this, but when I was asleep, I said, he's in the corner, I see him too, and I oh, never came God. back oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's- I, I never like I don't remember any of that and like oh my gosh I would she still, still like holds I'd it still over me <laughs> Lauren's still awake to this day she thinks like she, at first she thought I was kidding and then she realized like cause apparently when I said it I had a really like menacing smile on my face and it just threw Your her so yeah that's Darko. my that's somewhat my experience with ghosts I guess that story is terrifying. It is. <laughs> it's the worst. Fun times. Yeah. Well, luckily, our movie today isn't quite as terrifying as that story you just told. Uh, we're in the third part of the Evil Dead franchise. I'm really pumped we got to finish this off. Um, but in true Evil Dead fashion, this movie starts off with a, uh, a recap of the previous films. Josh, could you get our audience up to speed in case they haven't listened to those episodes <laughs> or, or watched the first uh, two Evil Dead movies? Dude, I don't. I don't get it. But I can recap <laughs> every movie he does in the series. He somewhat incorrectly sums up the previous movie, and this plays off of that incorrect telling of the last movie. I, it's I a have fantastic a retcon. I have a question for anybody. Like maybe this might be a Stevie one. Well, it's more real. Like, what is Bridget Fonda doing in this movie? She's like a movie star at this point, and she's in the movie for six seconds. Did, does anybody know if she's tight with Sam Raimi or did old Sam Raimi movies or what? The way that came about is she reached out to Sam Raimi and just was a huge fan of the first two movies. Oh, uh, okay. That makes mm. sense. I was like, what is she doing in this movie? Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Man, do you get freaked out by every cameo? No, but she was like a pretty legit movie star at that point. You think point. she's above this movie then? Ooh. For, she's not, Brett, I'm not saying she's above the movie. Already. She's in it for 10 seconds. 
Go ahead. I, I don't know why. I don't get why I'm getting ripped on for this. I just, <laughs> well, I just Brett, asked a question. Well, Brett, I, so the, the, that's a good point because Linda has now been recast for the third time. I yeah. personally find the lack of continuity refreshing between the films. It sounds like it gets under your skin a little bit, though. Is that fair to fair to say? No, I, oh, Josh the one said it, not me. Well, how do you feel about it? I mean, you weren't on the first Evil Dead, so Evil Dead Two is your first Evil Dead movie. This is your first time experiencing that. Uh, and r- let's remind the audience, it was a staunch no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I the staunchiest of no's. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the worst movie we've ever done in here. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> you know we I'm did Ice Pirates, it's, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> That was better than this. It, this is better than Little Chicheladas, though. Um, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, I, it's weird, but that's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's it's like an anthology, but he just reboots the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. every time. It's I don't know. It's doesn't mean anything. It's just like uh, the beginning of a new chapter. Exactly. And the key facts stay the same. Like I thought the the claymation, like or whatever it is, animated Necro- Necronomicon book flipping at the beginning was cool. Um, the the hand recap, of course, is important because he'll go on to like wield his. Uh, Fancy arm, what is it? What's it called? Chainsaw. Um, but he crash lands, yeah, chainsaw. But he crash lands into the uh, the desert like he did in the end movie and, or at the end of Evil Dead 2. And Stevie, who does he run into there? Well, <laughs> he ends up in 1300 AD. I imagine, are these the Crusades around the time of the Crusades? Oh, I can't a bu- remember. There's a bunch of them. It seems to be like an Anglo, like English rivalry of some kind like english people versus scottish people but it's set in like the desert so i have no idea <laughs> which i kind of like <laughs> i kind of like that just for be. aesthetic purposes but he runs into uh arthur and his uh merry band of men who are uh have imprisoned um i think it's henry the red if that's if that's correct yeah mm-hmm. my lord i believe he is the one written of in the necronomicon he who's prophesied to fall from the heavens and deliver us from the terrors of the deadites. What? That buffoon? Likely. He's one of Henry's men! <laughs> I say to the pit with him! I shall soon learn the horrors of the pit! And uh, also the wise man, played by Ian Abercrombie, who is. Does anyone pick up who he was? Mr. Pitt. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pitt? Speaking of Seinfeld before the podcast, but uh, oh gosh, <laughs> nice. He didn't. Yeah, yeah, Mister Pitt, Elaine's boss, right? For a few of the episodes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a yeah. lot of episodes, and he he like makes her take off and on his socks and stuff like that. <laughs> it's a pretty funny character, but that makes so much sense now. Thank you so much for pointing that out. He eats a he eats a candy bar with a fork and knife, right? Yeah, Snickers right. bar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny too because he's like this refined English actor, and he's in this like slapstick Sam Raimi comedy. But uh, we get a different kind of evolution of the Bruce Campbell character. And, and one of the things I wanted to mention too is that it, along with Bruce Campbell, Ash, his Oldsmobile comes down, and apparently that's Sam yes. Raimi's Oldsmobile. You know about this? Yeah, there's four of them. And they're, they're um, in all of his movies or something. Yeah, he yeah the, he owns four of them. They're in all the movies, and 
Bruce Campbell, I'm pretty sure, is the only one to drive like Sam's actual Oldsmobile from the first one. And apparently, when they were dropping that, there was almost like some giant accident where the crane that was holding the car like fell into a ravine, and the guy who was like <laughs> operating it like had to bail at the last second. They had to get a bigger oh, crane to get that crane out. It was freaking ridiculous. But well, not to jump too far ahead either. But there's a scene where they pop open the trunk of one of those vehicles and. Like, I guarantee there's got to be some Easter egg items in that trunk. Right, Pat? Oh, there's got to be. Is we happy? <laughs> some, like, Pulp Fiction type crazy stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I could I could see there's, like, some comics and stuff. I bet if you freeze frame that, maybe someone can oh, write it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, when he has the chemistry book. Yeah, he gets the chemistry too? book yeah. out of the trunk. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's there's something in there, too. It's just pretty crazy that it's the same car in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. But, Brett, I want to go back to you, because uh, I mentioned Bruce Campbell there. This is the fully formed evolution of this character. We talked about it yes. three years ago. Crazy to think about on the first Evil Dead movie about how Ash would change throughout the movies. Did you like this incarnation of Ash better than in Evil Dead 2? Oh, well, yeah, he was like uh, Bruce Lee and the Terminator all put together. He's like the best warrior in the world all of a sudden. But, I mean, it's better than the other one. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's he's confident. He's not screaming all the time. I mean, it was he was better in this one for sure. Brad, is like, this your like first viewing of uh, the Army of Darkness? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. He's definitely a lot different. Um, I don't know the first one at all, but, I mean, he just became this, like, awesome warrior and he's got like a um like a magic satchel that's got unlimited bullets for his shotgun that's pretty impressive pappy on the on the uh, rambo episode we mentioned uh the phenomenon known as like a bad watcher or a bad audience <laughs> so like mm-hmm. it kind of feels like that like ash's character became blown out to be this like character of itself but it's weird for me, and hopefully you can fill me in. Like seeing this movie now makes me forget, honestly, what Ash used to be like. Do, do you remember, like what, what did they like tone down to make him what he is in Army of Darkness that we see? He was more of the goody two shoes to quote this movie, Ash. Like he was, <laughs> I think, more polite. He was concerned about his girlfriend. Like he didn't really have much of a personality in the first Evil Dead, and he's a little bit more silly i think he's like going mad in the second evil dead but in this one he's like way more i don't know would you guys say like arrogant and stupid yeah. but also like <laughs> he's an action stuff. hero yeah he's an action hero on this this one he's like a parody of an action hero yeah. though yeah he speaks primarily in one-liners did you have a favorite one-liner josh uh the the one that stuck i saw this in college so that was few years ago but the movie that has stuck with me wow the line that has stuck with me since then is when he goes you got real ugly baby that's my yes. favorite <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one found me beautiful once honey you got real ugly well let's get to who he's talking to in that scene we, that our ash is captured by lord arthur uh like like we mentioned and and he's marched off as a prisoner into the first kind of major set piece. And Mikey, I want to save this one for you because it's freaking awesome. What punishment do, do, do he and the Scotsman, quote unquote, face face here? Uh, yeah, like we said, that they get enslaved and uh, their punishment is to face uh, like a, a sea hag or something in a pit 
and he's, <laughs> he's got to fight his way out of this pit. I guess I don't think anybody has ever survived in this pit, so uh, everybody just expects him to die. And there's also a bit of uh, like a, a metal clamp fence or whatever that closes in, so he's got kind of like a set time limit to get out of there. And, uh, well, there's actually, like, two two uh, monsters down there, right? There's, like, one... Mm-hmm. At least. There might even be a third that pops up. Yeah. Uh, pretty disgusting creatures that he has to fight <laughs> down here. And he ends up uh, killing them both. And uh, he also, like, retrieves his chainsaw hand. Strange right one! Uh, that moment where it locks in in midair is so freaking epic. Yes, <laughs> I yeah, love that part. And real good. Not to de- deep dive on an early scene, but I think for me, after watching this, I really identified this as a key scene that really like toes the line for me in like determining whether I like the movie or not. Because on one hand, this pit, the first person that gets sent in, like the example guinea pig person. You don't really see what happens, but just this big fountain of blood comes up. <laughs> so, like, bright red, <laughs> yeah, looks amazing. And you're wondering, like, what are the physics of this? What's down there? But really, it's just like when Ash gets down there, Rancor. it's a witch trying to punch him in the face with her fist. <laughs> like, so on one hand, it doesn't make sense, like physically, but on the other hand, it's like totally unpredictable. Which makes it fun to watch. So there's like this line you're kind of writing there. I also like how claustrophobic the camera work is down in the pit because it's like really close up on both faces and there's it's constantly shaking and it's super chaotic and it's really fun to watch. A lot of this movie shot like that. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of the uh, trash compactor scene from Star Wars 2 because you have the sides like kind of closing in and that last second monster that pops out. Mm-hmm. It's really terrific. Um, but. Like we mentioned, he's able to escape with the help of the uh, chainsaw attached to his arm. And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie where he's showing off his uh, his boomstick. <laughs> All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12-gauge double-barreled Remington. S-Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right. This sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? That tied in one of the new things I think they added in this movie. Suddenly, Ash is uh, an employee of S-Mart. And so he gives like a couple one-liners that have to do with shopping there to these people in like the middle ages. So it's kind of awkward, but he kind of like, they're kind of all realizing he's the chosen one at this moment. And what, who does he actually, what does he use the gun for? I I feel like he shoots someone and you think he's going to like shoot the king. The sea hag comes back up out of the pit Uh, and blasts it back. Uh, yeah, there's a great handheld, uh, set piece too in the next part as Ash is kind of like brought in to their leader. He yells, yo, she bitch. Um, but my favorite part from that is the, uh, right when he blows off that, like, uh, 
uh, Deadite's head, uh, Mr. Pitt, like, appears behind her. He's like, you're the only one who can get the Necronomicon. <laughs> As she's, like, falling <laughs> down to the ground. <laughs> it's, it's freaking hilarious. But uh, Brett, Ash rides out with the group, and he's told how he can retrieve the Necronomicon. Do you remember, like, what he has to do? Um, to, to get the book back. I think I missed like a little bit of that part, but he has to go into this little wooded area and grab the book and say these three words that he's like, yeah, I know. I, I know what the words are. I know your damn words. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. Say it again. <laughs> then he, he, he gets chased by something and he's pretty much invincible over the what next 10 minutes. What do you mean minutes. by something, Brett? You mean by evil? The spirit yeah. of the evil dead or whatever. The spirit of evil dead. No, he gets chased no. by Sam Raimi's chintzy camera technique that he's been using since 1981 at this point. Like, that's one of the things <laughs> in his directing he just keeps going back to. And at this point for this movie, it kind of was like a little eye rolly for me. Really? What do you mean? The, really? the thing where he's like chasing him with the camera? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't Dude, make That's I, awesome. Uh, it's cool. Like you had to have like the the tree splitting, right? That was cool. <laughs> I love the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the yes or no's, I guess. Do you don't? Do you guys what don't do you think mean, that's played out at, this at all in his third movie? That's like literally the fortieth shot. That's you've like seen. getting mad at Lucas for incorporating lightsabers in Return of the Jedi. <sighs> but these movies are so distant and different than each other, like. How are they even part of the same franchise if not for stuff like that? Or I'm going to eat your soul or like the weird things that like connect them. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. I don't hate it. It's I want to go back and watch more Sam Raimi movies now, like the Spider-Man. Now that I'm like more heady about like all those techniques he has and see if like I can spot that and that stuff, too, because it probably is there if I was guessing. I mean, you'll definitely spot Bruce Campbell in there. Um, but thankfully, by the time he got to the Spider-Man, he had a little bit better technical effects. Stevie, if there's one part of the movie that I don't like, it's everything that happens in the windmill, uh, <laughs> which was actually a, a miniature used in the force ground and some like weird force perspective trick. Everything you see with that windmill is actually like a little tiny windmill. Um, it's just a big yeah. camera trick. But what did you think about the mini ashes? And the mirror and everything that goes down in there. Did you think it was too silly and slapsticky? It just looked bad. Like, it just, I mean, like, there's this one part, uh, not to get too far ahead, but one of the mini ashes is jumping into Ash's mouth and they use some kind of like <laughs> rear yeah. projection shot. And like, their hands are just like haphazardly placed on his face and they're supposed to be like holding his mouth open. It looks, it looks mm. terrible. Pappy, it looks like the octopus fight from King Kong vs. Godzilla with the villagers <laughs> like in front of the and octopus. That, but that, but that, we talked about that movie had no budget. It was made in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like they like try to add prosthetics to people's face to like replicate Bruce Campbell's chin and stuff yeah. too. So all of those miniature, miniature guys are like a little off. <laughs> A little offsetting, off putting, or whatever when you look at them, if you're like staring at them. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it really, it really is a goofy sequence. And I, it was clever to have him like break the mirror and have all the ashes come out of that. But, um, the part I really like about this part is when evil ash is coming out of his shoulder. I thought that looked cool. Oh, Did the you eyeball? not have the eyeball yeah, popping when, out? 
Yeah. Right? And he's like starts itching his shoulder and he tears open his shirt and the evil eyeball is popping out and he's like, It's growing fingers. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at I looked at Brittany and said, Is that a vagina with an eyeball in? She goes, That's what it looks like to me. So I wasn't sure what that was supposed to be. I don't think you're too far off, but I mean, like the whole reason that ash is growing inside of him is because we said that one of the a- the little ashes dive bombs in his Shut throat his- <laughs> to try and kill him. Ash like drinks a bunch of boiling water. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's so many like little one offs in this scene. It's like a story within its own story. They like Gulliver's travels tie down the giant at one point. Um, or Willow. He steps on a That's nail. That's my favorite yeah. one, Mikey. <laughs> like the fee-fi-fo-fum. <laughs> <laughs> London Bridge is falling down. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's there's a lot of good comedic bits. It, it's, it's part of the movie where it gets a little bit goofy, a little bit broad uh, for me, some, some of the stuff that happens there. I'd also say that the evil Ash, like I mentioned, the little... The little goody two shoes part is a little bit too much for me. It goes on for a little bit too long. Um, but I mean, overall, I think Bruce Campbell's performance is pretty amazing. He's being asked to do a lot. Uh, one of those little evil ashes, the the body was actually played by the UPS guy from from Legally Blonde, uh, if you guys have seen that. But he's asked to do like the little ashes, uh, be Bruce Campbell, the, the superstar Ash, and also evil Ash. Um, Brett, <laughs> did you like his performance as evil Ash? Did it go too far in a few places for you, as George Lucas would say? This, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I feel like this part in the lighthouse and then the evil Ash thing kind of took me out of the movie a little bit. Um, which is crazy because I feel like it could have been cut, but then that movie would have been like an hour and five minutes. I don't know. It was okay. It was like looking. I'm having more fun. I hate to be like Jordan here, but I'm having more fun talking about those two parts than I did watching them. I find it parallel to him uh, in Evil Dead Two, chopping off his hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not as good as that. I think it's kind of weak because the mirror ashes are actually end up being like the big bad, and your introduction to him is just kind of like this goofy. And even when he turns into the single evil ash like pap said he gives us like you're a goody little two-shoes spiel which lasts like 45 seconds it's way too long yeah and he's supposed to be the I mean, bad, he... bad 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 i mean he eventually gets his, his face shot by by that same boomstick that ash had earlier and gets dismembered and buried and like by the time he starts to rot i think his character is a lot more interesting because he's more interesting to look at like when he's like sally forth and like his jaw like comes out of place like it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty awesome but but yeah i think when it's just like kind of the shot reverse shot and, and not to harp on the practical effects but sometimes when when ash has that like prosthetic head popping out of his head it looks cool but it does look kind of fake uh for the time but we mentioned there were three books uh ash eventually gets down to the right book um but he doesn't say uh the, the three magic words right does anybody remember those magic words by the way no just out of curiosity baraka karana nikidi <laughs> very close that Klaatu, part made me laugh i like that Varada, Niktu. and those are actually from uh the movie the day the earth stood still uh, that's what they say to to like activate or deactivate the robot. I forget which one. Not the nice. Keanu one, the one from the the fifties. But really cool shout out there. Um, but because Ash didn't say these words correctly, the army of dead now starts to march on the castle, and Ash 
Ash heads back uh, to try and get back to to where he came from. Pap, um, your your spoiler though. That's that's intentional in uh, this movie. Is that a joke? The, the N-word part? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think it's supposed to be. I really don't. But I mean, it, it looking at it now, it's hard not when you hear someone say the N-word, your mind automatically <laughs> jumps to a place, but I really don't think that's what they meant in the late 80s, but maybe. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Josh? Well, it's 92, and sometimes it feels like this movie is from the 70s while you're watching it. So <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. It's hard to believe that it wasn't on purpose. Stevie, what do you think? I don't think it was on purpose. Um, <laughs> I just think, I mean, this is probably written in the late 80s, shot in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have a tough time believing they'd throw that in there. But, I mean, if you look at it like th- like through uh, today's lens, I mean, you'd probably say that if it was made today. But back then, probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous to hear, like I said, but I don't think it was intentional or, or racy or anything like that um but we, we haven't talked about the character of sheila at all sheila mikey how would you describe sheila to the audience uh miss honey from uh matilda yeah I, yeah Brittany said she looks familiar is she from matilda i've sheila, never seen it uh yeah she uh first of all she's a babe uh <laughs> she is uh I don't know. She, from the beginning of the movie, she has like a boyfriend or something that's killed, who is also like part of the group that was enslaved with Bruce Campbell's character. And when they all get back to the castle, she thinks Bruce Campbell is one of the people that killed her her boyfriend or husband or whatever. So she hates Ash, and uh, she ends up. Uh, realizing that ash is like the chosen one and he's come back from the future and so she i I guess she kind of like forgives him throughout the course of the movie but then she is uh captured by one of these flying goblins and then she's uh (laughs) taken away uh to to evil ash's location why did they capture her what was the purpose of that stevie any theories evil ash probably had the hots for her and wanted to turn her evil Listen, everyone else was running away, and she was not doing a very good job of moving. <laughs> I don't think that has Dude, to that was the slowest bat creature I've ever seen. He was moving like yeah. a half a mile an hour. A simple tuck and roll, she probably would have. <laughs> Absolutely, probably. Do you guys think that she's a pretty hollow character overall? I mean, she's pretty just. Yes. Yeah, oh I mean, yeah. Are you looking for depth in Army of Darkness, no, Josh? No, but when, I, I mean, thought it was funny that me. like Pap asked Mikey to describe her character, and it's like, well, she's the woman, <laughs> Sam Raimi. Or- <laughs> she's the damsel in distress, yeah, right? Yeah, that's pretty. That's, yeah, I mean, she's not a bad actress. Yeah, she does a good job. I think she, but- you should check her career. She's had a pretty good one, and she also gets naked in a movie. It's pretty sexy. Uh, Schindler's List. A lot of them. She gets naked in this, uh, uh, somewhat in the director's cut of this Thanks movie. Thanks for talking over my Josh, joke there. Were you going to say it's sexy when uh, she gets naked in Schindler's List? Oh, jeez. That's <laughs> a good thing I cut it off then. I did say that, but jeez. Brett talked right over the top of me. Might have to fix that in post in multiple ways. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, either way, because she's kidnapped, uh, Ash gives an inspirational speech, and now he's all in on fighting the army of the dead. Uh, they soup up. Sam Raimi's old uh, Oldsmobile to turn into like a 
a twisted metal death death machine with like a blade on yeah, the front. Yeah, they attach a helicopter to the, <laughs> to the top. Pretty badass. Um, and we see Pat, the army. Did you love the crowds in this movie? Oh, uh, all the extras and stuff like the the army of the dead. And There's this great one off when Ash comes back with the book. And everyone's like, he did it, he did it, the chosen one's back. And he's like, well, I didn't exactly say it right, send me back. He's like, we had a deal, send me back. And everyone gets really mad at him, and there's like this little one-off where the guy in the back goes, I thought he was a chosen one. It <laughs> <And> just kind of <laughs> Apparently, I was watching this making of documentary, and there were tons of issues with the extras on set. Like, they were always like partying or like two of them got caught like having sex like right behind like one of the scenes and stuff like Bruce Campbell was like it was just a mess with these people (laughs) yeah same way he's like take this seriously and then he shoots one of the scenes from this movie (laughs) right (laughs) yo she bitch (laughs) he shoots uh, three stooges like uh, skeleton ghost poking eye scene (laughs) take this seriously guys (laughs) but uh making art this movie like moves like by at a blistering pace. We're already at like the final battle here. Um, Josh, what stuck out to you from the final battle as the Army of the Dead approaches to try and get back the the Necro- Necronomicon? Yeah, I think the first thing that sticks out is the mixture of type of effects used in the Army of the Dead. Uh, we got claymation sort of bones. We got people dressed up as bones. We got actual bones, physical bones, effects bones. bones. Uh, one thing that I thought, like, I would have liked to see even more bones exploding with bones, bones, bones. Who keeps saying stuff? For as many bones as they showed expl- exploding and busting apart, I thought that could have been like even more violent and crazy at that point. But, um, basically, the main bad is leading this army towards the castle and. Arthur and his knights and uh, Bruce Campbell and etc. have all battened down the hatches and are like ready to defend the fortress and Bad Ash is like all that matters is like the book to him right so like the Necronomicon yeah and I Mm -hmm. think the humans realize that if he gets it they're screwed either way so they have to make this like final stand so I think that's like plot wise what's happening here yeah they have a boombos uh, from Fortnite uh, thanks to the uh, (laughs) chemistry 101 book uh, found in Sam Raimi's Oldsmobile Uh, I like the skeletons playing instruments too that was pretty hilarious, like little mm-hmm. bone flutes, little bone bagpipes. Josh, um, you're a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan, right? Love Lord of the Rings. So you can see where Peter Jackson drew from Sam Raimi and Army of Darkness for Helm's Deep, well, right? Clearly, it had a very similar yeah, feel. With Eric the Red returning at dawn. <laughs> had a very similar feel. You know, I think that may have actually been written by Tolkien before the movie. <laughs> Fighting on the stairs, you know... People leading jack and shit at this point in the movie. Like, it was great, great <laughs> tense build up. Honestly, yeah. And I think that movie specifically makes this movie look a lot worse because everything's so perfect and polished and that Helm's Deep battle. And it is basically the same battle, but on like such a grander scale that you wouldn't even imagine as possible watching this movie. And also utilizes a lot of practical effects, like in this movie too. So I mean, that's just why it's it's so legendary. Um, but I also, sorry to interrupt, Pap. I thought it was really neat what Raimi did when 
you know, when the dead was charging the castle, it was playing really chaotic music. Then it would cut to Bruce Campbell, it was complete silence. And he did that like about with like six cuts. I thought it was a really neat trick he used. Mm-hmm. And I also like the symmetry too, because as he, as uh, Ash is fighting evil Ash, he he cuts off his arm in a very uh, <laughs> Star Wars esque way, but it, it mirrors kind of what Ash had to do in Evil Dead too uh, to finally like free the Necronomicon. But but long story short, that's kind of the end of of this part of the movie. Like I said, he, he cuts off his arm. Uh, he retrieves the Necronomicon and evil Ash gets shot off a catapult and, and blown up. Um, the Lord Arthur and Duke Henry reconcile and Ash is kind of sent back to his previous time. Before we go back to the kind of the end of this movie, was there anything from the, the middle ages that we, that I breezed over that you guys want to talk about? Yeah. Just that I think that Arthur is probably the only character with an arc in this movie. Um, he starts off at the beginning of the movie. He basically enslaves, Bruce Campbell just because he wants to like he knows full well he's not part of Eric the Red's army but he takes him in anyway and he goes from that to like actually hugging Eric the Red at the end so I thought that was kind of nice it's uh I feel like there's got to be more like geopolitical implications of that like those two nations were warring for a reason and now they're like oh we're buddies now we don't need that tax money like oh it doesn't matter that you slaughtered our innocence it's all good the way uh, Game of Thrones should have ended, fighting the, the Nightwalkers <laughs> at Winterfell. <laughs> well, and the way that Arthur is portrayed in this, like, it's a pretty good looking dude, I think, playing him. But the dude has a Lloyd Christmas it is the mullet. Worst You're calling him a good looking no, dude. That's his his hair was awful. His face is good He's looking, flowing. but his, his hair is flowing. Sorry, I can't get a joke out today without Go someone. For it. No, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> His hair is the worst ever. That's literally the joke. So the movie now has a major divergence from the, the original cut. Apparently in the original director's cut, really? we're going to watch this as a deleted scene, but Ash gets the potion to send him back to the future. He drinks too much of it and is teleported to a post-apocalyptic world oh, God. where he, he realizes, <laughs> I, I slept too long. <laughs> he sees... <laughs> England, or he sees England in chaos, like there's a Big Ben falling and stuff. And so it's supposedly that was going to set up for like the next uh, installment of this franchise where he used robots to battle the, the legions of Necronomicons. But, but Mikey, what ending do we get here? The, the last part of any Evil Dead movie uh, that we'll do on this podcast? Uh, yeah, he's, well, what, he wakes up in an Esmar or he's transported there? I don't He's like remember, telling but... the story to Ted Raimi, who played four parts in this movie, including the disinterested Esmar oh, yeah. clerk. Yeah, he's, oh. he's retelling his adventure. Uh, I don't think Ted Raimi believes him at mm-hmm. all. Uh, but he goes through this whole story of him going, going back in time. And uh, nobody believes him. And a little time passes by. And then, uh, like, in the sort of like the middle of the movie uh this witch just pops up out of nowhere and kind of like starts destroying stuff and attacking everybody in the middle of s and he kind of whips out uh 
an S-Mart branded rifle and <laughs> just goes to town on her while she's like flipping through the air and stuff. And he's got a pretty awesome uh, last line. Hail to the king, baby. As he's like kissing this girl and it's like uh, the last Ash versus uh, Evil Dead. Before, I, I don't know. Are the, the is the TV show canon? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, it's apparently like Bruce Campbell and, and Sam Raimi weren't very enthusiastic about this ending. They liked what they had done um, originally. But I mean, I do like, I mean, to think that there's there would be no Hail to the King Baby or no Names Ash, Housewares. Like, those are fucking <laughs> classic lines. Like, I don't know. Did, did it, I mean, Stevie, do you did it feel like he was calling, like, phoning it in for this last scene? I, I like it. I like the idea of the original ending more, but I don't, I don't mind this one. I don't mind this one at all. I mean, I saw this movie when I was around six years old, and it's like the only ending I truly knew until, like, YouTube. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the name's Ash Houseware stuck with me for the <laughs> longest time. <laughs> like, I thought that was, like, as a young Six? kid, I thought Names Ash Housewares was like the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was like the coolest line ever spoken in film at, to like to that point. So <laughs> I really like appreciate and love this ending. It'd be all right if uh, they said if they actually went through and made another movie. I mean, it wouldn't be bad, but. It, it's pretty it's old. setting something up, but I mean the way this franchise works, they could just use the original ending and then recap everything to that point, and everyone be like, "Okay, <laughs> exactly. I guess this is what's happening <laughs> yeah. now." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I like about the ending, though, is that it kind of starts to seem like, "Oh, this is going to be a commentary on just like how boring normal American jobs are that you're just like fantasizing about going back in time." And then it's like, nope, this is zany Army of Darkness, and we got one more witch fight. <laughs> hey, uh, Stevie. Yeah. Did you recognize the girl at the end that he kind of tries to hook up with at uh, S-Mart from Friends? Mm-mm. I recognize I, her right away. She's the I don't watch uh, Friends. Oh, I thought you loved Friends. No. Mikey loves Friends. Okay, well, she's from uh, Wedding Singer, then. Fuck no. Whoa. <laughs> She's the one I Adam Sandler leaves in Wedding Singer, yeah. or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Oh, that's Linda. Yeah. She's really? also in Se- she's an episode of Seinfeld in the Maid. Oh yeah. Or the housekeeper, or the housemaid, <laughs> or something. No, not Linda. It's, I, it's I, the, I knew I recognized her. Yeah, not Linda. It's the chick at the end who's like, I like that story. No, it's Linda. It's the, the one who leaves him. Oh, Linda in uh, Wedding Singer, not Wait, this movie. Yes, that's yeah, Peter Fonda's daughter. No. Randa. Oh. Yeah, it's no. Peter Fonda's daughter. Bridget Fonda's at the beginning, the yeah. chick from Wedding Singers at the end. Oh, what's her mm-hmm. name? Gotcha. You know it. Uh, Never mind. And Angela Featherstone. That's a name. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is. That's a name. Carries as right, much bad, weight that's... as Fonda in Hollywood, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> let's get on to, let's get on to our, uh, our final thoughts here. Um, before we get into yes or no's, anything that we missed, um, I have a couple of quick ones. The March of the Dead theme was written by Danny Elfman, and this uh, movie puts uh, Sam Raimi in the three movie club tying uh, Miyazaki and Takawatiti for third all time on this podcast. But any other points uh, that you guys wanted to talk about? I love that first witch fight where he blasts her without looking and it's like over his shoulder and then he has like a shiver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's when Mr. Pitt like appears behind her too and she's like collapsing. He's <laughs> like, you must get the Necronomicon. I have a question for you guys. Um, 
What order did like did you guys watch the Evil Dead's in? This was the first one I've seen. Same. So you guys started with Army of Darkness. Yeah. I started with two, obviously. Yeah. See, that's how I started too. And like the Army of Darkness, uh, Bruce Campbell was like how I always envisioned Ash. And because I was so young, I was only allowed to watch uh, Army of Darkness, and. That's why I was kind of confused going from like two to one of like how much tamer he was. And it makes me appreciate this movie even more. Mm-hmm. I kind of get the feeling if I'd go back and watch the first Evil Dead, I would not like it very much now. Um, yeah. You especially probably, after these last two years. Yeah. I think a lot of it's like kind of mistakes would be exposed by seeing the next two um, just by the nature of the beast. Yeah. One of the IMDb facts is that there's a... a Topher Grace-esque supercut exists of these three movies if you know where to sail the high seas and it's supposed to be pretty good actually huh. uh, to, to watch that kind of blends the three and, and like glosses over obviously the recap parts um, but speaking of what I would have hated the first movie uh, let's get into our yes or no our binary rating system um, I'll go first uh, this is going to be a yes for me uh, I'm really pumped that like we set out to do all of the Evil Dead movies, and we did over the course of three years. I think that's a pretty cool accomplishment. And uh, but but moreover, like this to learning about this, there's a really good documentaries out there, especially like on the Blu-ray and stuff. Um, but learning about this was like the opposite of learning about the room for me, the last movie that I hosted where like the more I got into it, the greasier and seedier and gross, like everything about that production kind of Mm -hmm. became to me and like tainted it. (laughs) Like this movie is so happy and like everyone had, it was a hard production. Like no one denies that, but everyone seems so happy making it. It's so silly. It's so goofy. And I just feel like there's this kind of like joy of making movies with your friends. that like emulates, emulates, emanates out of all of these movies but especially this one like in the silliness so hard yes for me um and and probably an average middle of the road movie i was gonna give like a score score but i i love watching this i could watch this all day um let's keep it in the trivia order uh brett how about you yes or no i was hoping you'd come to me last well you hope wrong, friend um (laughs) jeez just say your no and move on (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking. I was. Ho- Brittany said, You're going to give this a yes, aren't you? I said, I don't know. She goes, I'll be really disappointed in you if you do. Um, what? First Vision Quest, now Army Br- of Darkness? Brett is the most uh, the positive host in the history of spoilers, by the way, for the audience, if this is your first episode. But one of the only movies he ever gave no to was Evil Dead 2. So this is. Let's see if I give it very critical. A no, you guys will hate me like you did last time. And if I give it Brett, a yes, just, you'll be like, oh, look, typical Brett. He likes you it again. You do you, Brett. <laughs> you do you. You do you. Oh, man. I will give this the softest of yeses. Because <laughs> I thought it was, uh, I actually laughed out loud a few times. I mean, let's not get it wrong. This movie is god awful, but it's awesome at the same time. I didn't feel that way about the second movie at all. I hated every second of the second movie, except for the. The groovy scene's pretty cool, classic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this film was... I enjoyed watching this movie. It's its its not good. I mean, it's one of those so bad it's good. And I like Bruce Campbell, so I'll give it a very, very soft yes. It's two yeses. Josh. One thing that confuses me about this movie is what kind of audience is it for? It's either got to be for, like, 
the super savvy moviegoer that sees all these different effects and notes supposed to be schlucky, so they just like enjoy it. Or it's for someone so dumb that all that stuff in 1992 is actually tricking them. So <laughs> I feel like 99% of the population fits in the middle of that. Or maybe Evil Dead fans? Well, how much of the population are huge Evil Dead fans? Like seven movies years after that movie like i don't know we out here a lot of white dudes in their 30s and 40s (laughs) (laughs) i think also like this movie does feel like it's from early 80s or 70s and in 1992 the last of the mohicans came out which uh puts this movie to shame visually i guess but i guess kind of what brett is getting at is this movie is just a joy to watch um and un- and that's kind of like unlike Last of the Mohicans, which is not like a huge joy to watch. I love that movie so much. <laughs> if you Google movies from 1992, uh, like all these classic movies show up. But if you go under the adventure part, it's Fern Gully, then Army of classic. Darkness, baby. <laughs> so, Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to have to get Let's it. go. Army of Darkness. Uh, a Yes. Nice. There we go. Three yeses. Yeah, you had a good point there, too. You know, what, what year did Jurassic Park come out? 93? 94? 93 or 94. Yeah. 93. Bruce Campbell talks about this in the uh, in the extras, but this is like one of the last bastions of the practical effects movie. Like, if you know like how Jurassic Park got made, they used digital and practical and end up going with digital. So, like, this is like... Those stupid, like, rear projection shots, those are literally the last time you'll see those in like a major studio film. So it's kind of nostalgic in a way. But Mikey, you love practical effects. I have a feeling you love this movie. What's your uh, your yes or no? Yeah, I think this movie is funny and uh, I'm sure you watched the same special feature about the practical effects too. But yeah, they do a lot of stuff with that the, the scenes with the skeletons in the Army of Darkness going towards the castle. And it's really cool. There's like a lot of mix. There's a bunch of uh different effects that they use to kind of make that happen so it's really cool to see and uh the guy in charge was greg nicotero and he's the guy that was in charge of the walking dead for like the longest time so it's cool to see like what these guys like kind of started out doing i mean before they like really really made it big uh so it's cool to see them all working on this uh before they really were famous so yeah, I love this movie. I think uh, Ash slash Bruce Campbell is like so charismatic. He's like the king of one-liners. He's so funny in this movie, and uh, he's got a great head of hair. He's so he really does, awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> he's so cool when he's cocking the shotgun and just blasting people. And he's just really he, he he's the the crutch of the whole movie. He really holds the whole thing together, and he really makes it work because. It's a blend of, like, being goofy, being sort of serious, and also just, like, having fun with these effects. It's not supposed to be taken seriously, and I don't think anybody that's watching this and enjoys it is taking it seriously, so... I think it's just meant to be a fun movie, and if you're going in with that mindset, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. So I give it a yes. Well, speaking of great head of hair, Stevie, will you make Army of Darkness the first movie in the Evil Dead franchise for us to be preserved? What do you think? I think it's a hard yes. This is one of the hardest of yeses I can give a movie on spoilers. Um, 
think like a lot of it has to do with I watched it at such a young age, and I thought Ashley Williams was a superhero growing up. Um, his one-liners are just absolutely hysterical. And one we skipped over is when he calls Henry the Red Mr. Fancy Pants. He's like, I've got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. <laughs> so great. Town. I love that one. Um, the practical effects are awesome. The camera work is really cool. And just, I mean, the first two movies are B movies. So why wouldn't the third one be? Like, this is just a fun B movie. It's not meant to be taken seriously at all. And I'm with Mikey. Like, Bruce Campbell is the man in this movie. So hardest of yeses. Well, there you go. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five pieces. Uh, what does that make that? Some uh, medieval wine that's aged really finely? Uh, he's eating some pretty good-looking chicken when he's got those big, oh, large-breasted yeah. women around him. a human leg. He's eating a human <laughs> leg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love uh, it's, it's some crusty middle evil bread. I love when that old lady's like, into the pit with those sons of whores. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time like he's a huge jerk too, because uh, the female lead, whatever it's Sheila, comes in there and he goes, First you love me, now you hate me. Blow. <laughs> I don't understand that line. Is he saying blow me? Is he saying blow off? What is he what Get does out that of mean? Here. Okay. Doesn't he say first you hate me, then you wanna do me or something? I thought he said something more sexual than that, but yeah, some, something. Now you want to love me or something? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, sounds know. right. Yeah. Love me or lay me or something. Well, speaking of the segment on this podcast that everybody loves and wants to lay, we have the trivia. And let me wheel out the for the third year in a row our giant spooky spoilers board. Uh, three years ago, I wrote 69 questions uh, for what? spooky nice. trivia. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, we've made it through about. We've made it through 20 in three years and so we gotta just keep using the same list of questions that I wrote three years ago for the first Evil Dead trivia um, I'm gonna start from the bottom of the list um, and for those of you listening to the Evil Dead 2 episode it's gonna be the same trivia format so they're multiple choice uh, each of our uh, contestants get a strike of 50-50 and a pass so two strikes are out you can miss one question but you also have two lifelines of 50-50 and a pass. Um, the order will stay the same as what we've been doing. It's Brett, Josh, Mikey, Stevie. Last man standing wins. Um, no need to prove it. Uh, hence the uh, advantage going last. Stevie. Also, because these questions were predetermined, would you like to make any adjustments to that order? Um, Brett, Josh, Mikey, Stevie. Or are you good with that? Sounds good to me. What happens if you pass and the next person gets it right? Uh, then the next question. So if you passed... The question would go to Brett. If you got it right, then the next question would just go to Josh. It just keeps trucking on. Oh, so there's no strike against you if I pass and Brett gets it right? What is the lifeline? The the 50-50 or the pass. So you can pass one question on. Oh, those are the lifelines. Got it. Yeah, and a 50-50. And beer league softball rules, two strikes, you're out. So Mm -hmm. I can't phone a friend because you guys are my friends. (laughs) (laughs) First question, question 69 on the giant spooky spoilers trivia board goes to Brett. Brett, how many fun-sized candy bars would it take to poison a 180-pound person? Oh, my God. Holy crap. 110, 197, 269, or <laughs> 375. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny three years ago. <laughs> um, I'm going to pass. 
Great use of the lifeline. Uh, keep track of your own lifelines, please. If you cheat, I will realize when I edit this and be very disappointed in you. Josh. You said it's w- one pass, one fifty-fifty. Right, yep. So Correct. it breaks cool. down a pass. Thank you. How many fun-sized candy bars would it take to poison a 180-pound person? <laughs> 110, 197, 269, 375. Okay. Is... Is this the same question list that you had the ghost things about? Do they? Yes. There's no. There's no freebies. The only freebie was question thirteen, which took two years to get picked, and then it wasn't as funny I just as I thought it would be. Very fond memories of that question. Back in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say it's a different B. time. I'll say B, Pat. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a strike for Josh. I like the strategy, um, but. Ah. No, the correct answer was actually 269 uh, candy bars would poison a 180-pound person. 269? The 69 was the answer? Well, that's probably why I picked this you question. You slow roller. <laughs> or one Snickers with a razor blade in it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Brett's down a pass. Josh is down a strike. Mikey, this next question's to you. How many people were executed during the Salem Witch Trials? Less than 50? <sighs> 50 to 100, 100 to 200, or more than 200? Hmm. Well, uh, we were pretty crazy back then. I'm going to go more than 200. Uh, more than 200 people were accused, but actually less than 50 oh. were actually executed. Oh. So. Yeah, Sandy well, Hook was worse than the Salem Witch Trials. Jeez. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm glad it's late in the episode, but that's a strike for Mikey, a strike for Josh, and Brett has used his pass. Stevie. What's that? What was the top grossing spooky film of 2015? Was it A, or sorry, was it Goosebumps, It Follows, Insidious, Chapter 3, or Unfriended? Unfriended. <sighs> See, that's a dumb thing. I think it's going to be one of those dumb movies like Unfriended. It's like one of those Facebook movies, I think, where the Facebook person comes alive and kills people. Um, I don't want to strike, but I also don't want to use a pass. Uh, I'll pass Alina. Okay, uh, that passes back to Brett. Top grossing spooky film of 2015. Ghostbusters, spoilers pick it follows, Insidious Chapter 3, or Unfriended? You said, didn't you say Goosebumps you the said first goosebumps. time? Sorry, Goosebumps, what did I say? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh, sorry, Goosebumps. Okay, so I okay, think okay, I had Brett okay, so on the brain. Yeah, Goosebumps, goosebumps. it follows, Insidious Chapter 3, or Unfriended? I'm going to say Goosebumps. That would be correct. Nice. Okay, so... I'm keeping track, by the way, if anybody cares. Okay. Uh, Josh, you're down a strike. Mm-hmm. What was the top grossing spooky film of 2005? <laughs> Saw 2, <laughs> The Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Ring 2, or Alone in the Dark? Ah, those first three. Um, what are the first three again? Saw 2, The Exorcism of es- Emily Rose, or The Ring 2? That's a tough one. I'll... Uh, I'm risking my second strike here, but I'll say Saw 2. That was a great gamble. Josh, you yes. retain your two lifelines. Uh, Mikey, what was the top grossing spooky film of 2017? I put all these at the end. <laughs> was it A? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. All right. 2017. Annabelle Creation, Split, It, or Get Out? Oh. Split, It, Get Out. Split It, Get Out. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> 2017. Uh, I'll use the 50-50, and I'm hoping you're going to be easy on the 50-50, I got it down to two. Two spoilers movies. Was it Split or It? I'm going to say It. Mikey stays in the game. Mikey, have you used any lifelines yet? 
No. The 50-50. Okay. Oh, yeah, 50-50. Yeah, Guess right. I'm not keeping track yeah. that well. <laughs> All right. Stevie, uh, you What's used that? your pass. What was the top grossing spooky film of 2009? <laughs> Paranormal Activity, The Final Destination, Drag Me to Hell, or Saw 6? Paranormal Activity. Correct, Stevie, with confidence. Saw that opening night, baby. That was movie was no awesome. No hesitation. All right. Back. How many saws have there been? A lot. Saw Lots. six, I think my eight. God. I think there's been eight saws, Mikey. Jeez. Okay, wraps back around to Brett. Oh, man, this is kind of tough. In what 1993 month was The Nightmare Before Christmas released? September, October, November, or December? Man, I was just doing research on this movie earlier. I've never seen it, though. Um, what? I know, I know, I know. I will do. I will do fifty-fifty. His last life. <laughs> October or November? Crap. Um. Uh, October. <laughs> nice job, Brett. Staying alive. That's tough. Okay. Um. October. Next is Josh. Ratu. Udre Udre. He is the 19th century Felician, uh, Fishan, Fishan chief. <laughs> Let me start over. Ratu Udre huh? Udre, the 19th century Fishan chief, holds the world record uh, you may have never known existed until now. Most prolific cannibal. I don't know if that was like editorial that I added. What? Or... So, 19th century Fishan chief, world record for most prolific cannibal. cannibal. How many victims does he claim? 19, 99, 599, or 999? Pass. Rat- okay. <laughs> Jeez. He wasn't even messing around with that. Passes to Mikey. Ratu Udre Udre, most prolific cannibal. 19, 99, 599, 999. Tasty spoiler man that he ate. <laughs> 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 That's terrifying. Uh, can I also pass? Can I? Oh yeah, you can pass yes, a pass. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of the game. All right, All right. yeah, I'll do that. So Stevie, last lifeline. Udre, Udre, $9.99. You guys make me sad. You guys don't know this, but I also live with a wife who loves nothing but people to watch shows about people that murder other people. So, uh, what was the highest one, Pap? Nine hundred ninety-nine. That's it. Nine hundred ninety-nine. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> yep. Dude, that motherfucker ain't a thousand spoiler men. Dude, it's <laughs> believe me, I have nightmares when I go to bed because my wife only watches serial killer stuff and stuff like that. So we, we watch this stuff too. All right. It's terrifying. But yeah, that was nine ninety nine. Quick, we're back at the top of the order. Just say what you have left. Brett, what do you have left? I have uh no lifelines and two strikes. Okay. Josh? Fifty fifty and one strike. Mikey? No lifelines, one strike. Stevie? 50-50, two strikes left. Yeah. Back to Brett. What was the top grossing spooky film of 2010? Was it Saw 3D, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Hatchet 2, or Paranormal Activity 2? Oh, dang. I, All winners. I'm going to, man, I feel like A and D are both. I'm going to go Saw 3D. Sorry, that's a strike. It was you were right. Crap. It was D. Paranormal. Activity Paranormal. Too. Dang it. No, that's a strike for Brett. 
Josh. Is he out? What is? Uh, I have one more strike, one more strike left. Should have paid attention. Josh, what is the original Halloween's rating on Letterboxd? This is out of <sighs> five. Three, six, four, oh, four, five, or four, nine? That is a brutal question. <sighs> that was 2017, Pappy was an angry young man writing that question. Why are we so angry? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Does the question have anything to do with the anger? No, they're just like all the answers are like bunched up. Three six, four oh, four five, or four nine. The original Halloween's letterbox rating out of five. Man, I think that's a highly revered movie, but to be a four nine is just ridiculous. So I'll go the one just under that. I'll say a four five. Fortunately, that would be your second strike, right? Yeah. Yep, he's out. Yeah, you're out. It was a 4 0 on Letterboxd, released <sighs> in 2017. That's <laughs> tough. What would the 50 50 have been? Boop, 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 uh, I remember these questions. According to Cosmopolitan Magazine, what was the most popular <laughs> Halloween costume of 1990? Mario, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman, or The Little Mermaid? Of what year? Man, these are all massive that year. Yikes. Uh, Batman. Uh, unfortunately, it was Teenage Mutant <sighs> Ninja Turtles. What? Is that your first strike? Uh, that seems so no, difficult. Mikey's out. Mikey's no, out. out. Pappy okay. just doesn't get it. He doesn't get the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> doesn't get I, it. <laughs> I wrote all the. These are all Pappy original questions. I wrote all of these and the choices by myself like a madman. Hey. All right. Stevie, you have a strike and a 50 50 left? Nope. I have no strikes. He has right, no yeah. strikes. Okay. Let's and go. a 50 50. He's, he's in huge lead. On a non leap year, what number day of the year is Halloween? So if January 1st was one, January 2nd is two. What number day of the year is Halloween on a non-leap year? Jesus Christ. 305, 309, 316, or 317? God bless America. Um, nine out of, okay, what were, the, what, were, what were they? 305, 309, 316, 317. Let's go with John, 316. I'm sorry. As your first strike, it's the 305th day of the year. Dang. So, Brett, no strikes, no lifelines left. No, I have one strike and no lifelines left. This is my last right. chance. Okay, last last dance. Got to raw dog this one. What was the top grossing spooky <laughs> film of 2002? The Ring, Resident Evil, Fear.com, or Queen of the Damned? Oh, man. Those are all terrible, all terrible movies. Releases. Dude, The Ring was good. The Ring was good. I've never good. seen any of them. I'm just messing around. Gore Verbinski. So, one more time. The Ring, Resident Evil, Fear.com, or Queen of the Damned? I'm going to say The Ring. That would be a good guess. The Ring, yep. Gore Verbinski 2 Movie Club was the top grossing spooky film of 2002. All right, Stevie, similar question. What was the top grossing spooky Ooh. film of 2016? The Conjuring 2, Don't Breathe, The Purge Election Year, or Goosebumps? Keep forgetting Goosebumps was a movie. And a spooky movie. You're using Goosebumps twice? <laughs> yeah. Apparently I did. 
Ah, um, let's go 50-50. Okay. The Conjuring or the Purge election year? The Conjuring, sorry, the Conjuring 2 or the Purge election year? I'll say the Conjuring 2. Great job, Stevie, at the Conjuring 2. Goosebumps made a lot of money in 2016, but it made most of its money in 2015. I left myself a note for that, so... Glad I did that. Uh, Brett. You're a madman, sir. Brett, this is do or die time. You v. Stevie. What year did Scooby Doo and the Ghoul School come out? 1977, 1979, 1983, or 1988? Okay, yeah, I got 25% chance, I guess. Um, You haven't seen Scooby Doo and the Ghoul School? If I did, it was a long time ago. Okay, Ghoul School. Let's see. Scooby Doo came out in 1969. Nice. Nice. Doesn't really have anything to do with that. I just know it's celebrating its 50th birthday. Um. 77, wow. 79, 83, or 88? Well, uh, my brother was born in 83. Let's go 83. And Stevie is your next host Hootie on Spoilers. Hoo. Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School came out in 1988. We still have... Jeez, thanks, Brian. 20 questions left for on the Spooky Trivia Shoot Spoilers me one, board. Pap, shoot me one. We won't, all right, you want one more? This yeah, we do. doesn't count for anything, but let's, the next one would have been... I lost it, so let's kick it to Spoiler Man. And <laughs> <laughs> I deleted the column that I was marking them off in. Uh, sorry about that. Okay, so we'll take a Spoiler Man and we'll come back. Stevie will have his pick for the next spooky spoilers movie. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Okay, and we're back. Thank you, Spoiler Man. Stevie, let's keep the spooky train a-rolling. What's our next movie we're going to review? Um... Yeah, let's do a movie that I thought kind of like wrecked me as a child because I saw it way too young. Um, this little bastard haunted my dreams for a long time. And his name was Chucky. So let's do the original Child's Play. Oh. That cannot possibly be scary anymore. Brett, I was like four <laughs> no, when no, no, I saw I, no, it. I'm saying I, I, I hope it's not because I won't be able to. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for this. Well, let's do you, see if Brett is. Uh, able to handle the spookiness. Oh, wait. Oh, next Thursday? Yeah, I won't be on next Thursday, so it doesn't matter. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We'll see if Brett's on next Thursday or whenever this episode comes out. Uh, that was Spooky Spoilers. Actually, I was out. I got out on the, like the last time we did this, Pappy, on one that um, it was like a this, like into the second year that a movie was out, and I guessed it because it was a big movie. It was like one of the Saw movies, mm-hmm. and uh, like it was big the year before, and it was like much smaller the next year. So I was like, "Oh, it's got to be this one." But okay, I, I got out on that last time for the uh, for the end of the podcast, Stevie. Who's the most prolific 
serial killer in American history? John Wayne Gacy, John Wayne Gacy, Pedro Lopez, Ted Bundy, or Gary Ridgway? I know it. Stevie? Let's go Gary Ridgway. It is. Yep, yep. The Green River Killer. Proved it, too. He was also had like an IQ of like 72. Ah, that's always fun. And he killed hookers, and he used to leave his daughter or kid or whatever in the car when he'd go out and kill them, and then he'd come back later and have sex with them again, but, you know. It's a fun story. We should just spoil that. <laughs> All right, Stevie, you ready? Uh, yeah, hold on. Give me one second here. Okay, yeah, let's do it. 